The views and opinions expressed in the following program do not necessarily represent those of WTVA, sister station WLOV, or parent company Heartland Media. Thanks for tuning in to WTVA's Let's Do It Again, a podcast looking to give a deserving couple one more chance at their wedding day and honeymoon. I'm Josh Ward. The process is simple. Listen to our couple's stories and pick your favorite one. Vote for them on WTVA.com and you're done. Check out the details of their fabulous prizes in the official rules posted on WTVA.com. Voting has begun and ends soon, so get in there and pick your favorite couple now. Our winning couple will be contacted and announced at the end of this contest. So let's meet our first couple, Darren and Tabitha. After I finished college and I started teaching in Tupelo, um, I had divorced and um, it was me and the, my three children. And we moved to Tupelo and um, we bought, I bought a house in Saltillo and I wanted my kids to be in church. And so we went to the nearest church, which was North Star. And I walked in, and um, it was during the music, and there was this guy on the stage, and he was playing the piano. And I'm a music lover, I sing too, so that, I don't know, that just did it for me. I saw him playing the piano. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just like something just told me, that's him, that's the one. And so I just brushed it off, brushed it off. Like something just struck me and was like, yeah. And then, then I thought, oh, he's married. You know, he's married. Time rolled around, and this guy kept asking me to go to the single small group. And actually, Darren was leading the single small group. And so I joined the small group, and we just became, we were friends for a year and a half. Yeah, you know, I'm sitting there at church, and you eye the congregation all the time, and back in the corner was this tall, blonde, eight feet long legs, and dressed up to the hill. It had some white blouse on, it's all I remember, and you were with some guy that I later found out's your brother. Uh-huh. And I was not on the hunt. I'm not a hunter. I'm, I'm like, you know, if somebody comes along, I'm going to get to know them. If they cross my path in my life, but I think the one time I met somebody and then pursued them and went out with them, it was terrible. So I swore <laughs> I'd never do that again. So. She then shows up at, at my small group and start get to know her through the small group and through the church. And I think one day she was seeing some guy previous to that. And I think one day your Facebook page status said available or something like that. And I was sitting beside her at band practice or something. And I showed you, I, I pulled up her, I said, what does that mean? And she, she said, oh, I don't know. And I thought, okay, well maybe she's not quite available. So we stayed friends longer than that, a little bit longer, and had a, a, a lunch, I think, one day at, with our small group. And like only one other person showed up, and that was November 13th, 2008. And then I'm always in our small group, I always say, define the relationship, define the relationship. You know, are we friends or what? And so I think on your way home, I called you and I said, will you be my girlfriend? You know, I want a relationship with you. So that was November 13th, 2008. And then we got married July 2nd, 2009. Mm-hmm. I sang to her on the rooftop of Park Heights. And we have a video of it. And proposed. So I sang to her and proposed. I mean, I was living in Saltilla and he was in Tupelo. And so it was actually my birthday. Yeah. And um, June the 16th. And 
um, he had just planned, I thought, he had just planned to take me to dinner. He didn't really tell me. He didn't tell me where, I don't think. No, I don't think I did. And um, he was like, just be ready at so-and-so time. I'm going to pick you up. I'm like, okay. And so I got ready, and he picked me up, and we started going downtown. And I think the kids were going out to eat with your parents. Yeah, they were downstairs the in the grill. Mm -hmm. And they were in the grill, and the, I didn't know that. <laughs> and, um, and then we went upstairs because we were eating on the rooftop. Oh, Everybody that was up there eating, I gave them a piece of paper that said, I'm going to propose. I'm sorry to, you know, to interrupt your dinner. So they knew it was going to happen. Yeah. So Good. he sang to me, and then he got down on one knee and proposed to me. And I said yes, and then we danced. And then all the kids come out yeah, from around the corner. <laughs> my family, your family, well, my mom and yeah. your parents. So. That was it. And we got married July 2nd at the Gumtree Museum, nice. downtown. And then came back and all of a sudden had five kids in the house at once. <laughs> and then here we go, blowing and going. <laughs> yep. Three different schools, I think. Uh-huh. You know, and she was still working full-time as a teacher in Shannon. Yeah, crazy. and all the kids were like doing like two activities a piece, it seemed like. Ballet, we tennis, had taekwondo. Horseback riding. Horseback riding. Gymnastics. Boy Scouts. Boy Scouts. Yeah. I mean, it was. I was a taxi cab driver from 3.30 to 6.30, 7 o'clock, yeah. Monday through Thursday. I mean, it was just from one place to the other. I remember the first meeting we had with all the kids right after we proposed, and I remember one of our kids saying, this is going to be so much fun. <laughs> and it was valleys and peaks. Yeah. I mean, you got two parents who raise kids different. Two kids who, three kids who have been raised this way, two have been raised this way, and now you got a, you know, one parent this way, one parent this way. Got two boys that are the same age. Same exact age. Sharing a ring. Almost total polar opposites in personality. Uh -huh. Which and, worked you know, because they were polar opposites. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But we had it was it was it was an adventure. I'll put it that way. Mm -hmm. Blended family. <laughs> it's the hardest thing you will ever do in your life is trying to blend a family. Yeah. And it just... I've, I've, you know, I, it, it's very difficult to, I, I am discipline, accountability, and structure and responsibility. Those are my gifts. Uh, it's just, I have that gift. I believe it is the gift. My, my spiritual gift is administration, teaching. Tabitha's spiritual gifts, it, it's mercy, it's grace, it's compassion. And I told her, I said, if we could get together on the same page, we could really raise some awesome kids. But it was so difficult to where I don't see enough structure, accountability, and discipline. And I would try to force that on the kids without grace and mercy and love. And then she would, you know, see places where discipline needs to be put in. But instead, she would just be, oh, love, you know, it's okay. So it was very, very hard to balance And that. my kids very were hard. like me. They are... Just compassion, compassion grace, mercy. mercy, and mine being raised by a single father. No I, mercy. I had mine for Just. eight years by myself, pretty mm -hmm. much, and my parents helped. But they're very disciplined. They're, you know, accountability, homework, sit down and study for four hours. But, you know, the, the gifts of being and seeing mercy and grace, sometimes it's not as easy for them. They see black and white, just like their dad does. And so it was, it was very difficult. My that kids were really gray time. area, very forgiving, like me. 
when we first got married, we did take the vow that we would never say the D word. And yeah. we went, how many years? We went years without, without ever mentioning that. Past few years have been probably the most difficult. Yeah. The biggest problem? I mean, the past few years have been pretty difficult with then your mother moving in and then her passing away. And I was, I took her to the doctor one day because her mind was getting like foggy. Mm -hmm. um, she was staying confused a lot. And so we ended up going, um, and she had had so many surgeries. I mean, she had both carotids cleaned out. Um, she had um, open heart surgery. She had leg surgeries. She had a, a stent in her kidney. Um, I mean, you name it, she's, she's had it done. And so I was taking her to the liver doctor, and um, they said that her kidneys was failing. And she had waste that was building up in her brain, and that was why she was she was so foggy, and she was going to have to start dialysis. And so this was in the uh, fall semester, I think, of 2014, 13 or 14. And um, so she was sick, so I started helping my brother and teaching, and then she moved in to the house around November, and she started dialysis in January. And so I quit my teaching job, spring semester, and um, so she moved in, and so I was taking her to dialysis three days a week, so I, I couldn't teach and take Basically her. Basically her caretaker her. at home, yeah. cooking yeah. for her. Yeah, everything. You know, she everything. was on a walker, and she, and so I was just doing everything. Um, Your mother was always a very independent Yes, very. And then that put her all of a sudden in a position to be dependent. And she hated it. Mm -hmm. I would say, Miss Jewel, would you like, you want me to make you a grilled cheese? Nah. I'd make her one. She'd eat it and say thank you. When she moved in, it, was, it wasn't as difficult on our marriage as it was in the balance of everything else going on in the house. But it was, there was no quality time with just us in the house. At all. She passed away May the 10th of this, this year. She had a heart valve that needed to be replaced and they were going to replace it. But in the meantime, she was in heart failure. And so they were trying to give her therapy and stuff to get her stronger for surgery. And then she just kind of just went into, um, they had to intubate her and, yeah. and she. I, I firmly believe that my I've not done the best job in the world loving on her because of all that she's been through in life. Um, her mom, the kids, blended marriage, blended family, having to quit a job, um, haven't been the best husband, haven't been the best leader that I should be. Um, and so many times you think, you know, this is a good time to hit the reset switch and then something comes up and it's all hell breaks loose again in the home, in the family, in the marriage. And then you have a great time and you have a mountain peak and you're thinking this is perfect, everything is great. And then once again it just, something comes up and it drives, drives you nuts. And we've had probably a difficult past few years where um, we've said things that we told ourselves we would never say. Um, and now with kids in college and grandkids and we just bought a house and all the chaos with that, 
um, to be able to financially get away and go for a while somewhere is not really not really possible, probably in the way I would want to. You know, we can go handle a night in Memphis, I think, but mm-hmm. it would be great to get that spark back and put more focus on each other than the kids and the grandkids and everything else that's going on, really. What's your answer? Did I? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we both believe that marriage is a covenant. Uh, it's just a biblical word. You know, it's not a contract. Um, with contracts, you can break them pretty easy. And very often, I think we've seen our marriage as a contract and wanted to break it because it got difficult. Um, but it is a covenant. It's, it's an end-of-life agreement. And that may sound weird coming from two people who have been married before and divorced. Um, but now, you know, we, we realize that this is until death. <laughs> Whether one of us gets killed along the way is always the joke, but um, just that marriage is a covenant and ups and downs and the chaos through that, um, persevering through and not giving up, getting mad, going to bed angry, um, that happens. It does. Um, But for some reason, we always tend to find ourselves back in each other's arms and it uh, even when I tell her, okay, the issue's not resolved. <laughs> but, you know, um, and, and putting each other first is so daggum hard because we're both extremely selfish. I'll admit that. Yeah. Because you tend to want to... I was telling somebody this the other day because they were asking me. She, she was a single lady and... She was dating somebody with three kids, and she had two kids, and she was like, you know, what, you know, how do y'all do it, you know? And I was like, you know, I guess if there was one thing that I would tell somebody, it would be you just have to remember that all these kids in the end are going to be gone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you always have to, and I have not done a good job at this, you always have to stand with your husband and not take up for your kids even though you know you feel like they're they're right and you're wrong you know but you always have to stand behind the husband even though you feel like the kid has been done wrong because those kids are going to leave so if you get a divorce you're going to be alone you know and your kids are going to be gone, too. And then, in the end, who's going to be there with you? Yes. You know. I'd kind of forgotten about that. And it's so hard. We try to do it biblically. We fail. But if, if I'm in sin and selfish, and I do something to the kids that is wrong, and if she doesn't back me, it makes it worse. But if she backs me, and prays on her knees, God, he is wrong, convict him, I'll get convicted. And then I know I'm wrong. And then I have to apologize to the kids. That's how it's supposed to work. But instead, if she jumps in and defends the kids, oh, no, no, you didn't do that. And it gets even worse. And that's been our most difficult thing probably Mm -hmm. sometime. I'm not submitting to the leadership of God to parent and love this family. And if I don't do that, then she's not going to want to submit to my leadership an authority in the, in the role of the home, which is to lead the family. 
Because you're being selfish. Because I'm being selfish and I'm, I'm, I'm wrong. Um, it's, it's very difficult. That's probably the best advice I would give. If you want to come to your marriage from the way we believe is a, a biblical perspective. Um, otherwise, you've got a mother who will play mother bear 24-7 and defend the kids over the husband. And then you have a husband and wife who don't agree on the same page. And, then and the husband just, feels disrespected, and that's the husband's number one thing is to be A man has respected. to feel respected in his home, and a wife has to feel loved and appreciated. And it's a catch-22, and that's our problem. I think it's everybody's problem. You I think don't, we're writing a, a marital book. You don't feel love. <laughs> Instead of. You don't feel love and appreciated, so you're not going to respect me. And if I don't feel respected, I'm not going to love and appreciate you. Mm -hmm. oh, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do, but it's the best thing. Think this couple has what it takes to do it again? Make your vote count. Go to WTVA.com right now and vote for your favorite couple. Again, check out all the details of what they will win on our official rules posted on WTVA.com. Go ahead, vote now. I'm Josh Ward. Let's do this again next time on Let's Do It Again.